0: Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And it is Halloween Eve, and we are so blessed to have Mr. Mark Lampson back in the house with tricks and treats for you that sell for a living. And so- we're going to talk a little bit about how to strategize and not just individual deals, but as a whole, talk about some, some tips and tricks to do that. However, I know there is something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you. What is that?
1: Whalers rise. I've had it a hundred times. Make oh, this is. 101. No introduction stop. necessary.
0: Can you ever try something new for the ah. love? have or... been waiting forever. What's, so the, what's the international bitterness unit on that? Does it say? Getting into not that. on the can not, not on the, the can. can okay i'm gonna have to look it up i am uh i'm gonna enjoy let's just oh because i'm so thirsty the um long trail harvest have you heard of this it's 4.4 percent it's uh it's 18 ibus international bitterness units the color is described as auburn
1: roll tide the description and the IBUs kind of sound kind of wimpy, sort of like you. Is that why you're drinking it?
0: It's part of the reason.
1: Rise, their flagship, five point five percent ABV. And I do not know how to find the uh,
0: IBU. That's IBU. Fine.
1: Okay.
0: Well, happy Halloween. You excited? Mm-hmm. Got any big plans?
1: We are going to socially distant, pass out candy. It's in the balcony up top, upstairs. Yeah. A couple chairs, a couple of whales. and uh, I bought two 10-foot sections of drainage pipe from Home Depot that fit <laughs> in each other. <laughs> and no, little, you're not. Yeah, you're going to do stand, a candy luge? <laughs> little stand down the driveway, little X, put your bag here. Yeah. And I think we have, like, raise your left hand for Snickers or right hand for Reese's. And we have king size because you got to have king size because that's how you prevent any mischief good house. Tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Because then what are you not going to do the night before Halloween?
0: Um, if you know that's the good house, you won't TP it exactly. or egg it. Exactly. It's or exactly any right. of the other crazy things people exactly. do. Exactly. Okay. All right. I like this plan. Now, and, uh, here's a question. Mm-hmm. As a fellow beer drinker, if an adult were to come, and put their mouth on the end of this tube, would you pour your whalers down? That'd be completely unsanitary. But I'd You're right. That's the, the opposite of mm-hmm. social distancing. Okay, good.
1: Good catch. I, 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 uh, but if you came up right next to us, I'd just slide one over the railing real quick. Now, what
0: if I wear my mask while I drink? I'd shoot you with my paint gun. <laughs> <laughs> makes, uh, makes a ton mm-hmm. of sense, though. Well, excellent. So, you know, as we were preparing to talk about um, some tips and and some really three F's that we're going to teach you today for remembering this really important strategic planning tool, um, we were talking about the strategy that we once had and perhaps still do for gathering candy on Halloween. What was your strategy?
1: uh it was it was definitely hit the retail locations i grew up in a small town you have to hit the retail locations that sell candy i don't mean retail like gift shops i mean the retail places that your family always went to and they knew you like oh hey mark good to see you here take the box of m&ms out of the shelf like oh yes Thank you
0: very I, much. Wait, so you trick or treated at a CVS? Or oh like yes, no. Really? Gibstown cold cuts. Gibstown cold cuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Wow. No, that was not my strategy. I would say, first of all, I think you have to identify, and I'll ask you this. So be thinking about your favorite, the the crown jewel of what you searched for. You wanted to just absolutely stockpile whatever that candy was, and then. I was thinking about the the second the alternative question there is what was the worst candy that you got and could not stand when you got candy or anything else I mean sometimes we got other stuff too Uh, best Nestle's
1: crunch big Nestle's crunch best candy
0: Nestle's crunch Mm -hmm. Uh, and would you accept a crackle bar because that's the Hershey version of it would would that be okay yeah
1: that'd be fine that'd Mm -hmm. be fine
0: okay so you're just like the little Rice Krispie treats inside of them Mm -hmm. yep exactly I would say mine was always Snickers because I know you go for the big, the big bars, but I like the little bars because I'd stick them in the freezer and basically in one bite devour yeah, that and crack good. teeth and all that.
1: They're good. Mm-hmm.
0: Very good. What was the worst? What did you hate getting?
1: Anything that came in a little trick-or-treat bag that they made up and stapled over and put oh, some that's... stuff in it.
0: That's individual
1: so, candy corn. No, no, uh, no. You know, homemade stuff. No, and and if you're gonna give Dum Dums, it better be like ten. <laughs> Not one Dum Dum. Because a green Dum
0: Dum, like it sucks. It just yeah. it takes up more space than it's worth. Oh man. Okay. Dum Dums, uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I think there were some in our neighborhood when I was young that gave out apples. And my mom used to say, well, you never know if there's going to be a razor blade in the apple. So don't, never eat the apple. Well, even if the apple was perfectly fine, who wants an apple in their trick-or-treat bag? Nobody. Nobody. That, and I would say, you know, I, I'm not a huge Butterfinger fan. Like, I used to get a lot of Butterfingers, and I'm not, not a huge fan of those. All right. Have we put the audience to sleep with candy talk?
1: Yeah, well, that was our different strategies for uh,
0: trying to throw our bags with candy. We're talking
1: yeah. winning strategies. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I agree. My strategy was to pile up as many Snickers as I could because that was everybody's favorite, and I could trade those if I wanted something else. But um, what are the strategies we want to talk about as to how a sales rep can prepare for both the short and long term, really? Um, well, yeah, yeah I mean, here's happens. the problem, right? The problem
1: is <clears throat> there, there are a ton of sales strategies or winning strategies we're going to talk about three as you highlighted the three apps but here's the problem the problem is most of the people listening i bet focus on one over focus on one in fact they might not even think about the other two
0: okay well how would you like to do this you want to lay all three out and then break them down individually or do you just want to start with one and Take it all the way through and then go to number two. I'm I don't open think it's, to either. I don't
1: think it's going to make that much of a difference in the excitement level. So you pick. You're the host. You drive. I just answer, right. answer questions you ask. Why don't you tell us all
0: three and then we'll break all three down individually? Frontal. Frontal. Okay. First one is frontal. Yep. Flank. Flank. Are these military terms? Well, they are, I think. Yeah. yeah. And fragment. And fragment. Okay, mm-hmm. so we we can have a frontal approach, a flank approach, or a fragmented approach. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Approach well, let-
1: strategy. You know, it's when you have an opportunity. It's yep. when you're talking to a prospect, and they indicate some interest in buying what you're offering. You know, okay. Whatever your solution is, and we're in the market for that. We have an RFI. I mean, there's a million ways, but you know. There's, there's an opportunity, there's a project, and it's real, and they're going to spend money. Awesome.
0: Okay. So we start with frontal. That is the first. What does that mean?
1: It means you just
0: – I don't know what it means
1: in the war, uh, in the military setting. It just means, like, just blow right in there, and that's what frontal is. It means you compete head-to-head. Head. It means you have a set of – features and benefits that your Mm -hmm. solution generally offers and you should, you should use this strategy in situations where it lines up really well with the customer's decision criteria. So in other words, the things they're looking for that you've asked them in discovery, what's important, you've learned their decision criteria, the informal decision drivers, and it's a match. You do what they want really well, better than most And so you're going to compete kind of head to head. This is, think of it as a, you know, think of it as you go on the internet. Can you go on the internet and you have a, you know, comparison chart? Yeah. I'm looking for something. There's a comparison chart. And the left-hand side is the customer's decision criteria. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're selling, whatever it's features, benefits, price, service, and those things on the left and then you have a column and your three competitors have three other columns mm-hmm. and you put check mm-hmm. and you can put the same or more check in your column as your competitors. Yep. That's the time to have a frontal strategy. That's going to maximize your chances to win. We're going to go head to head on the things that are important to you because we do those as well or better than others. And they'll Excellent. see that and make sure your process helps them see that whether they, now is this the okay, one you think
0: most people do all the time?
1: I think most people do it all the time. We yeah. just talk about the things that we do well, and we don't really think about how well. It's. It, I, I think that we. I think the reps that I talk to don't necessarily think about what do I want to say. The customer has criteria that. If we're unbiased, we'll see that they don't exactly line up with our offering, mm-hmm. but we ignore that. We, 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 just, we just say to ourselves, well, I, can't, I, I, just, I just have to try to make it match and have to try to convince them that we're as, we're as good as the others. What happens is we get biased. We yeah. get biased. We get blinders on, and we don't, we don't really back up and think about it from the customer's perspective. I mean, it's Got the it. other-centered approach. What's the right. customer seeing? Is that important to them? And what's the customer seeing? And when we're not honest, it's a bad approach. And I don't think we even do that. We just take our same four or five or six features and benefits as marketing has taught us. And we just pound away in a frontal approach.
0: And when it doesn't match the criteria, we lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So, and, and I'm, I'm sure that that's people are shaking their head going, yep, that's how we do it. So it and sounds okay, I'll to share, me, us an Aslan example. I
1: think you're going to get rid of move off of that topic, or are you can you say no, that? no, no.
0: I would love an example. I think it's a great idea. Well, I think, word, I think I picture.
1: I think it's good. I think it's easy to sit here as Aslan and we talk about you know what to do, and then, you know we obviously make mistakes and lose deals too. And I can point to some specific deals recently where yep. uh, the international world is a different world for us we're a u.s company we do a lot of work in the u.s we've done a lot of work internationally as well Uh, but uh, there's just some times where maybe we haven't matched up as well with an international company and when we when we want to work with them and we ignore the truth the odds go against us and we've lost deals before because we we probably took a frontal approach to the deal when we probably shouldn't have
0: yeah we weren't quite aligned exactly um, to the capabilities, our capabilities to their to their needs. That's right. OK. All right. So it's if, if everybody's kind of using this approach, it sounds like the next two might be um, something they want to dog ear on their um, in their memory, because this sounds like these, these could be some areas that they dog, learn. Did you say dog beer, dog gear, dog oh, gear, like dog, dog gear, beer. like they wear clothes, gear, gear, dog gear. It is a Friday, isn't it? All right. Um, talk to me about flank as it relates to strategic approach to selling.
1: What well, the actual
0: definition
1: of flank means? I think it means like go around, mm-hmm. go behind or something
0: like that. Yeah. I think flank means, can't you buy a flank steak? You, you can. Is that the side of the cow? I don't really know. I don't either. Um, so if you, if you flank... I think in military terms, you're going around and, and sort of coming at it from either behind or the side mm-hmm. while the frontal approach is sort of, sort of drawing their fire. I would imagine yeah. that's what you mean when you say, we're not going to come straight in. We're going to go in a different door, perhaps. The side door or the back door.
1: Maybe. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it means it means you can't really compete head to head. Okay. Uh, you, you know, you're not going to compete. It's like a fight. It's like a, It's like a schoolyard fight. Mm-hmm. You know, you have somebody who's, you know, Six five two fifty 250, against someone who's five a 100 pounds. I don't know if those are real sizes or not. But the point is, if you're just going to go straight up, have a straight-up fist fight, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you're probably not going to – the odds say that that's not a good thing to do for the smaller person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not that I'm encouraging fighting, of course. No, no, absolutely not. So you have to do something different. You know, you got to go around and trip them, or you got to go around and do something. You can't just fight by the rules – yeah, that you're given. So when we have an opportunity and we don't match up, uh, our our best, if we play by the rules that are set up by the customer, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And and so flank means change the criteria. Yeah, your influence skills as a salesperson is not about convincing them of what you do and how you do it and it's well and it matches up with their criteria. It means you 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 see if it's if it would be more effective. How do I say this? You you suspect that maybe some of their criteria are, are, are not wrong, but they're they're not going to give them the best solution. Yeah. They're not going to give them the best solution. So, um, you know, we have this happen sometimes when customers aren't thinking about post training. Yeah. Just thinking about, we want to train with the work with the focus on the workshop, but, the workshop is part of it. It's about coaching and reinforcement and tools afterwards. And so if we just competed in the workshop, uh, our approach may be more expensive, but we might not win from a frontal perspective. Uh, But when we work with them and we back up and we don't spend time, we spend more time in discovery. We don't spend time presenting our solution. We spend time really understanding what happens when you don't follow up training, what happens when you don't do for the people listening, what happens when they don't consider this piece? Because your solution has things that they might think are not important. Yeah. And your job is to, as a seller, is to elevate the importance of those things, not of your product or service. You're you're not selling your product and service. You're 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 influencing their decision criteria, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: And to be clear, we're not talking about flank in the way of going around someone in the organization to get somebody else that's not the kind of flanking we're talking about we're talking about helping them realize that maybe the scope of of their project just needs to be expanded a little bit to include more of the things that you are good at (laughs) quite frankly right yeah
1: yeah that's right uh yeah we're not talking about going around people that's more of a access navigating political structure you're Let's say, we're, we're assuming you're meeting with decision makers.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and is there an example the that you would like to share on this one? Or am, am, may I be so bold as to ask that question?
1: Well, you can certainly ask. Are you, are you bringing one to the table? Or are you, are you, I am uh, not.
0: You know, I'm kind of new to the sailing. You know, sailing putting me game. on the spot. <laughs> to the sales game. I, I will share uh,
1: a client example. Yeah. Um, one of our clients is 100% inside sales mm-hmm. company. They have no field resources. Now I'm going back a few years. No one does anymore. Um, but, but yeah, so yeah, this is, this is when that was a big deal. <laughs> right. And so that was a big deal. And um, the customer said, you know, like one of their criteria were, you know, availability of our rep, access to, access to someone coming on site. They're a chemical distributor. So they would, okay. sell, they would sell chemicals. And uh, so so they're just, so So if you, you ignore, here's the deal. If you just ignore that decision criteria, I think it was like geographic location of the, you know, we wanted to, we, they were compete. There's a lot of regional competitors. And so they were competing against regional competitors with local offices that were near this customer. And this was a company based in the Northwest that a hundred percent inside. And, and they would run into deals often where that was a criteria. And, Uh, Their approach that we ended up working together, their approach was to ask the customer why, because if they went compete head to head, they would lose most of the time because they have no local presence. So they would ask the customer, why is the local office important? Mm -hmm. And they said, because we want to be able to get quick support when we have a question and we have a problem, we want to be close to the office. We want to call up the rep and get their attention and get them to get our MSDS sheets or, or application information or whatever it might be. And so when they learn more about that, they said, is it it that they physically want to be there or you want the answer quickly? And they said, well, we do want the answer quickly. We need the help quickly. So they changed the criteria from local presence to, I need stuff resolved quickly. And so, What they said then was, well, we are in our, we're in the second, we're the second largest chemical distributor in the world. We're in the headquarters. We are physically in the building with every engineer application expert on these chemicals that are literally down the hallway from me. Yeah. And I sit at my desk all the time. I'm not driving between another meeting. I'm not on a cell phone with spotty coverage and my laptop is not in my trunk. I am sitting here, I'm in headquarters. And when you call me, I will either answer or I will, I will call you back within an average of five to 10 minutes because that's my conversation. Yeah. And many deals, they got the customer to say, okay, we don't local presence is not a requirement. We just want a rapid resolution escalations. And they in fact could do that
0: better. Yeah. So they qualified to the point where they actually were able to see where they could potentially have an advantage um, mm-hmm. and, and all of that under the the F called flank. All right, excellent. And there is one more strategy we have not delved into yet. That's fragment. What does that mean? It's I not the I Webster's.
1: Think, I think it means like
0: break, apart. break
1: stuff into small pieces. I yeah. Think.
0: It does. Fragment.
1: Uh, and that's what it means in the opportunity. It means there's a big opportunity. And and it's not that you don't do it's not that you'll lose. You, you you will lose. You will we we have a frontal's easiest, it's it's where we win, but you'll lose in situations where if you if you have a frontal approach when you should flank or you should fragment. You should flank when the criteria don't match you. You should fragment when you can't do everything that they're asking for. You don't do. You, you just don't have some of that capability. Uh, I can go back way back to our APC days. Way way right. way back. Yeah. Uh, we sold battery backup systems for computers slash data centers. Except in the early days, we didn't have anything big. I know we have some APC listeners. No big in, 93, in 93, we had the uh, Matrix, Matrix. 5000.
0: Matrix, I remember the Matrix. Yeah. Not yeah. Keanu
1: Reeves Matrix either. No. no, this was the Matrix MX 5000 for those of you with the part number list that we used to. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, bottom line was the company was saying, well, we want to you know, do something and put UPSs in all of our computers and wiring closets and our server rooms. And we, when we got into some of the big data centers, we just didn't have the big enough size to, 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 to do what they wanted. It was just a physical thing that we couldn't, we couldn't offer it. Yeah. And so the only way we would win is to convince them that it was okay. There were people that were good in the data center, yeah. better than us, because we can do anything. And that's okay. So, so give them the data center business used to be a company called Liebert used to compete with. Yep. Bought up by Emerson. Now that's Vertiv, right. But we would say that they're, they're best in class, like buy them for the data center, but we are best in class at the wiring closet and the, and the PC Mm -hmm. place because we have software that shuts down that communicates it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all these reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having two vendors is different than having one vendor, but what you're really going to end up with is best in class for both. Because if you choose Liebert for the big stuff in the data center and the small stuff for the for the PCs, well, they're not really that good at the PC stuff. Yeah. So you have to go to a customer and say, look, we don't want the whole deal. We want part of the deal because we're really good here, but we're not good over there. Pick somebody else. So you're, you, it's, it's strange because you're introducing and you're actually recommending the competitor, but in some ways that can drive a high level of trust in the deal.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And it's a very other centered approach too. I mean, it's, you're doing it maybe because that's the only way you can win, but for the customer, they're, they're getting best in class in both rooms and are both uh, uh, solutions. So that's, yeah, that's very interesting. All right. Um, well, excellent. Well,
1: what, would not, what would be self-centered there is to try to force, talk your way into, in that case, the data center, the place where you don't play well. Yeah. You know, if you taped a bunch of small ones together, I mean, it can work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, mathematically, I guess it could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, so yeah, good. The other centered piece is stopping and saying, look, you'd be better off going over here for, for this. But yeah. but if you want best in class for your solution, come here for us. So that's, that's, that's fragment. Chip off a little piece. Winning part of,
0: winning part of the deal is better than losing you know all of it be in yep. second
1: place for all of it
0: very good, so just to recap, uh, we've been talking about the various strategies that exist when uh, you have an opportunity. There's the frontal approach where you just go at it when you know you've got a uh, an advantage over your competition and you just you just a frontal approach uh, the next is to flank and go around, try something different, maybe change the rules, help change the decision criteria, expand to an area where you are uh you know more effective and potentially uh, able to win and then finally the last one is fragment take the part of the deal you can win you can always go back for more later maybe something changes maybe apc eventually got into the big iron and maybe they could go back and win the data center business like they did at some point so very good mark any parting comments on halloween beer or the triple f approach to strategy setting for our crowd today Do not give away dum dums or
1: bags of loose candy corn. You will be TP'd next year. Yeah, you don't want to be TP'd. That's
0: that's not the kind of life we want to live. Don't want eggs on our windows either.
1: No, start with frontal. Uh, You know, that's your first thought, but stop and ask yourself make the little chart. Am I really, when the customer makes their own chart, because they do, they make their little chart. When they make their chart, what's it look like? And if you are not a clear winner, you better back up and say, is flank or fragment approach better to to pursue, to to increase your odds of winning something?
0: Excellent. Well, that's been another great topic on Ails with Aslan. And uh, please do uh, subscribe and download our podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Put it up on social media. We want as many people to be able to get this precious information as possible. And uh, we may, I just was on my first ever uh, LinkedIn Live um, the other day. We are going to explore with that. uh, Many of you follow us on on LinkedIn. So we're going to start to think about LinkedIn Live, maybe having you guys actually uh, interface with us. Might not call it a podcast, might do something different, but let us know what you think of that idea. And uh, remember, you can always share topic ideas with us as well. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, thanks, Mark. And we'll see you guys next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan.